You're listening to The Investor Circle, a new podcast series designed to help founders of early stage startups raise their first funds. We'll reveal how new investors should think and make decisions through interviews and insights with successful investors from around the globe. We'll also divulge the who, what, where, why, and how of raising funding within the investor community. So, if you're ready to learn, then here's your host, entrepreneur and advisor, Stuart Noakes. All right, and welcome to the next edition of Investor Circle. And here we have Henrique all the way live from Lisbon. Wonderful to have you here, mate. Thanks for doing this. Please tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing and uh, Draper Startup House. Sure, sure. Thank you for having us, too. Um, it, it's really awesome to be here with you. Uh, since my entrepreneurship journey started also in your events, uh, I love doing <laughs> this, this type of stuff with Canopy and with you specifically. But yeah. My name is Enrique. Yeah, I work for Draper Startup House. Uh, Draper Startup House is not only a venture fund or a micro VC, as you're going to to know a little, a little bit more about the fund. But we also do other stuff. So we actually started by being a network of uh, co-living spaces for founders and entrepreneurs. So basically, if you were traveling the world as a founder and you wanted to be in a place where you could meet other founders, investors. Uh, like-minded people, you could come to a Jeffers startup house. Um, so that started in Asia. We rapidly um, grew for uh, five countries in Asia, including India, the Philippines as well. And right now we have 25 uh, spaces in 25 cities around the world. Um, and now this can be co-living or co-working spaces. So that's one side of of, of the business. As we were meeting a lot of founders uh, and startups throughout these spaces we we then created um a micro vc to for early stage founders so basically to to help this community of startups that were working with us and we 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 are giving them smart money we call them smart money which is basically small small tickets for for them to start their endeavor as a startup founder um in a nutshell Draper Startup House is that is a network of spaces for entrepreneurs and founders. We have a venture fund. We also run acceleration programs. Uh, so, and that's something that I'm really uh, focused right now. Actually, in Europe, uh, is running the acceleration programs for early stage startups. So, right now, we are running two types of programs: one more short term and one more long term. Uh, and all of these things actually align, and uh, we have a synergy around these, these, these three pillars in our business, which is the hospitality, the education, and the investment. Uh, because if we collect the founders in the hospitality, we get to know them, then we can know which type of help and assistance they need, and then they can go to our programs, or maybe we can invest in them directly if they are investment ready. Um, so it's a really cool ecosystem, and it's global, which I like. Um, and do you that, find people move between the different places? So yes. you get somebody in India that, that turns up in Lisbon and how does it work? Yes, that actually happens a lot. So I get a lot of context of people that stay in India, in Singapore, in our spaces, that they they really like the ecosystem there. They the whole environment of the house was amazing for them. And they just actually we have both people that were already traveling to Portugal and I stayed in a Draper's startup house. I will connect 
with the founder there and see if I can pass by or even sleep there. And we have the other type of people that actually go to our website and decide their next destination based on where's Draper's startup houses around the world. Uh, so those are the hardcore Drapers, I would I would say. Uh, but yes. And what's sure. the pitch level for this? Is this like frat house stuff? Is this like hostel stuff? Is this like boutique hotel stuff? Where does it sit? Yeah. So I would say that in, in every country, there's there's a different value proposition also because of the target. So for example, in our space in Bali, it's very digital nomad oriented and also remote workers. And of course, startup founders but you would get a really chilled vibe like a, a co-living or a hostel like Celine or something like that while in Singapore it would be a little bit more I would say serious because a lot of the trips are more like two three weeks to find investment or go to a specific event or something like that but I would say never um, high price so we are not a boutique hotel or something like that in Lisbon for example we were a hostel with private rooms so we tried to get the um, uh, the private room. So, of course, we know there are people that prefer that privacy. We also had some shared rooms as well, but um, affordable prices. Um, so, I would say more into like a top notch hostel, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I guess, you know, maybe you can explain a little bit more about the thesis of the fund, but it sounds sure. like the knowing the entrepreneur is a key part of it, right? You're getting to know sure. people and they're moving around between places where you've got this kind of footprint of understanding. But how, how does it work? Yeah. So the thesis of our fund, it's a really broad thesis, actually, because first, we, we are a, glo- a global remote fund. So, so that's already, we don't have a specific region. Uh, or country that we invest on, we we try to invest in in uh, globally, basically. And what allows that is the fact that we have these spaces around the world. So we have touch points uh, around the globe, which help us uh, have, have access to vetted deals. So that's the first thing. Um, we have in reeks everywhere, basically, going to events. <laughs> There's only one, Enrique. I know that. <laughs> sure. There's only one, Enrique. <laughs> Uh, going to events, screening deals, having these acceleration programs as well. So that's the way we we find the startups, as I mentioned a little bit before. So agnostic or not binded to one to one region, we call ourselves the global remote micro VC. Also agnostic in sector, so we we don't have uh, one specific sector that we invest in. Of course, we focus on growth in the uh, industries and um, sectors that that are kind of booming so for example we we, we got 23 investments uh in this first fund and we see a tendency for blockchain ad tech healthcare fintech uh, but also as i was saying uh agnostic in sector we are a micro vc so really early stage pre-seed uh funds uh we do tickets from 25k to 150k but i would say our sweet spot is on the 50k ticket um so really really Uh, is that dollars euros shekels okay okay uh so so small tickets uh for idea early stage uh startups uh when we look into a company and now the thesis is more first um meeting the founder so the the knowing the founder is really important for us and we are able to do that with all of this ecosystem that i mentioned before second as i said uh growth industry uh so it it has to be in an industry that we think that will give us a return on investment in the future of course and the third and this is an important one 
It's a proof of concept. Uh, we call it traction, but don't get it as traction because we, we know that we are talking about early stage startups. So we are not expecting like huge numbers in revenue or, or, or even clients. But when you say traction, it can be a proof of concept, can be um, pilots, can be uh, one or two initial clients so that we know that you have an MVP in place that you have a problem that uh, needs to be solved. So you have these first or two clients that you are building partnerships. So it's that type of traction that we are looking for. Oh, so, so proof points, proof points. Exactly. Proof points. Okay. exactly. So so uh, I would say that, uh, so an MVP in place, it's a little bit something that we look for as well. So we try to basically uh, connect all of these dots uh, being connected to our ecosystem, uh, being in, in, in an industry that we like, and then having this this first MVP in place, uh, and that's and that's a little bit the thesis of our fund. I know it's a little bit broad, but also as we are working with different spaces, a lot of startup founders uh, acceleration programs that are not binded to a sector as well. We also try to be to be broad with these first tickets. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, every investor is different. Every fund's different in terms of the yeah. way it wants to participate after the investment. So what's the, what's the Draper Startup House approach? Do you guys jump into a board? Do you give guidance? Do you observe? Do you take data? What do you, what do, you do? Yeah. Uh, usually we don't jump into a board since we have also uh, our tickets. Like we have a lot of investments. So, we, for example, in, in this first fund, it's a micro VC. It's a $2 million fund with one LP. Uh, so really small funds and we, we 23 investments in one year and a half. That's, that, 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 that's a high amount of investments. We don't have the bandwidth or, 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 or the personnel to, to be on the board or even, um, helping, uh, in that level, the startups, what we do and what we do with all of the startups, we try to, to use our strengths to help them. And what's our strengths? It's our network. It's the connection that we have. Uh, we are inside, I didn't mention this, but we are inside a venture network of 24 funds called the Draper Venture Network, basically. Um, and being inside this network, we can connect uh, the startup to other investors uh, for follow-on investments as well. We, by being this international network, we can uh, connect them with a lot of partners, potential clients, uh, mentoring um personnel that can help them in their journey as well uh and of course being connected with team draper you also get access to 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 some companies and to some and and to some personas uh, that can help you in your journey so i would say that our role as investors we we don't invest and run no we invest and try to be there and also be following up with you to to see what you need and and we try to help you with what you need and that's Mainly, and we see the experience with, with our startups. It's connections. Um, it's connections. It's trying to. It's mentoring as well, and it's trying to find the right partners and the find and and the right first clients, big clients for you. And we do that, but we don't have a seat on the board. Uh, also, because our deals are spread out uh, throughout the globe. So it's also difficult for us to be to be super involved and present in one specific deal. You're listening to the Investor Circle. Please support our podcast by going to linktree forward slash canopy underscore partners to check out our partners and sponsors. 
Okay, super cool. I mean, you must have such a lens looking at so many different things at any one yeah. time. I don't know how you process it. I mean, for people who don't know you at all, what's your background? What makes you great at this stuff? Sure. Actually, uh, so my background is business administration. That was my bachelor. Super broad as well. right? You were Catholic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was in Catholic in Lisbon. So broad as well, because uh, when I was in my high school senior year, I didn't know what to do. So it was that that common uh, problem of a teenager that I don't know what you do in a company as well, because I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. And that's, those are the ones that you kind of know what they, they do <laughs> on the business side. I don't know, maybe, of course, I did a, an internship in a consultancy company and you kind of know what they do on the audit side or the consultancy side. But, but yeah, I, 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 when I was 18, I never thought about going to intro entrepreneurship or startup so my my master's was actually in innovation in the netherlands so that was kind of i was narrowing it down uh so because i already knew i wanted to be in, in part with with the innovation part of stuff and kind of things that move the world uh but actually the master itself was really theoretical so a lot of articles hypotheses uh, so I was more expecting like working with companies and innovations and, and it wasn't that at all, but actually gave me a lot of not only strengths, but um, also some expertise on some fields that I was not expecting. And I think that kind of shaped a little bit the, the first path for me um, of knowing that I wanted to be involved with innovation and companies that were disruptive because we studied a lot the continuous innovation and the disruptive ones. So, uh, for example, the, the move to iPhone and then the continuous would be iPhone 2 and iPhone 3. So, so the interest by, by radical innovation started there. Uh, after that, uh, I changed. So I, I, I didn't follow that path. I went to a sales company in, in San Francisco, a software sales company. Uh, that was really good for me because I think uh, to have the sales job as your first um, job is is really good. Like it, it, you grow a lot, not only talking with clients, but re reaching your quotas and and being able to to communicate not in your first language because I'm Port I'm Portuguese, and that was that was really good. And then yes, I got into Draper Startup House after this sales job. Um, actually, because of a recommendation of uh, of a friend, uh, because they they were planning on opening a location in Portugal. We tried Theory prior Draper Startup House. We rebranded was Tribe Theory, and then it's history. I opened the Portuguese location as the co-weaving space, so more focus on the operation side on that part. Then we we opened the VC fund, so working on operations and startup scouting. We were doing a lot of events, pitch days, uh, mentoring sessions. Uh, so getting to know a lot of, the, of startups uh, and founders as well. Then we opened the education part. So the acceleration programs. Um, and that's where I am right now, five years later. It's more on the startup scouting and the acceleration programs in Europe. So, so that's a little bit of my background. 
I remember our first yeah. meeting in Idea Spaces when everything was also very new for for Draper in Lisbon and stuff. And uh, it seems like a million years ago now. But of course, there's a COVID in between, right? So we met just before yeah. that, and all the disruption that went. So, um, yeah. I guess a question I should ask you at this point is like, what what sort of things are you seeing come to you right now? Is everything AI? Is that the buzz that you're hearing, or is there other stuff in the world other than that right now? Yeah. So on the pitch deck, so. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my recent experience. So we had an acceleration program uh, four months ago, and we had a lot of applications where we would get the pitch decks. And AI is always there. Even if your company doesn't do AI, it's always there that they are powered by AI or they are solving something with AI. And, and we actually don't like that catchphrase because oh, you can be an AI company, and that's awesome. But... If your focus is not the AI side and you are just putting the AI there to be catchy for us, uh, it's not, <laughs> basically. But a lot of things that I'm seeing, um, actually, it's in the last one, a lot into the healthcare side, uh, like a lot of companies trying to solve mental mental health problems and issues, being that with making more accessible the contact with doctors, having a app with AI that does this following. Um, a really interesting one actually was the one that kind of won our, our acceleration program uh, five months ago and went to the United States to do the, the follow-on acceleration with Draper University in Silicon Valley was a journaling app. And that one is using AI and large language models. Uh, a journaling app, so journaling a diary that you write every day, and the AI would actually study you and seeing like maybe Enric, you maybe you are facing like a burnout because you are following this, you are saying this and this and this, and the last three months you are more matching this, so maybe book an appointment here. So, but basically analyze uh, what you are saying and and give recommendations about it. So that was cool. Uh, a lot of education platforms as well. I think that came with COVID. So a lot of the of the remote thing uh, of having education accessible uh, to not only to everyone, but in platforms or or at the distance. So we are still getting um, a lot of those startups. And actually, as we are a very education oriented company, we we actually invest a lot on net tech startups. So that's that's the majority of our of our percentage of our portfolio is at tech startups, uh, because that's also a field that we feel that we can help with, uh, because a lot of the of the people in our company, uh, or build a startup in that field, or no, or we are a startup in that field as well. So 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 we kind of can help them with that as well. But also, of course, a lot of AI AI startups. AI to write articles or soccer news. We have one of, of that as well. Uh, and marketplaces, they are still out there. And we actually had the second place was, was a marketplace to find specifically for restaurants in Portugal, because that's a problem to find waiters, chefs. Uh, so they are uh, a marketplace specifically for that. And they are actually doing a lot of partnerships and, after our program, they 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 found their first clients and they are up and going right now, super smoothly. So so some marketplaces as well. 
Amazing. You cover such ground. Like it's just incredible how many different things you're talking about there in one in one little segment. Just before I get to the last question of t- today's stuff, I wanted to say sure. so, thank you so much for the reverse pitches you've done at the Canopy events. I think I don't know how you feel about them actually. It's a good thing to get get out there. But for me, like the stuff you've presented has been so good. But you know, how does it feel to do this kind of reverse pitch stuff? It's super cool because we are I'm always on the other side. So even if I'm a judge on a pitch session or just on the the other side of the classes or listening to the entrepreneurs i'm always on the other side and actually like also to present it's something that that i've been liking doing uh in the last years so so i really like to be on the founder side and actually presenting it's not my company but i i kind of see it as my company as well uh so so i really like to be on the other side and try to expose okay how can i help the community because that that that's something that we have and I think you feel that in Portugal and in Lisbon, the ecosystem is super collaborative and not competitive. So I, we always try to do these events and pitch sessions to, to help not only the startup founders, but even people that maybe they, are, they don't have a startup now, but they are thinking about it or even investors and try to get this community together. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love to be on the other side because then it's so much easier for the interactions because people already know what I do because it's not that easy to explain that you are a fund with a hostel, with a university. So it takes time. To do <laughs> it's this. not a straight line story, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it takes time in a, in a networking event to, to like explain to you what I do. And then we can see the synergies there. So it's much easier if I do a reverse pitch. And then we have the networking session with the visa, the canopy ones. And then people approach me because they exactly know what I do and how can I help them. So that makes it easier. So, so yeah, in a nutshell, I love doing the reverse pitches. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun because, you know, many of the reverse pitches are really ugly, partly because the investors aren't used to giving uh, these kind of things, but you always make it look real good, brother. They always come up very well. Thanks for that. So the final question today, though, just, uh, you know, you see so much and particularly early stage ideas. I just wonder if you could share with people what your top tip is for a, a first time founder watching this today, who's going to be raising funds for the first time, maybe coming to a micro VC like Draper. Yeah. What, what advice do you give them? So, so the, that, that's a very common question. And my answer changed and I can be honest about it. It changed when I went to the education part. So the acceleration part. Uh, so my top, I will give one or two, but my top advice would be to focus on your on your core value proposition. So a lot of the founders that that come to our programs, they they think or they, they try to solve the world the world's problems, or they think that by telling us that they want to serve a huge market, they are actually like it's more interesting for us because there are more clients there. So I'll give a really practical example. A startup that's at an app to to solve mental health problems and which problems do they want to solve and they said all of them because they think if we solve all of the problems we have much more clients to to serve and it's even better so it's burnout it's schizophrenia it's adhd okay perfect and our advice is only focus on one so focus on burnout now be really specific on that study your value proposition for burnout see your temps and some and focus on that because then to find your ideal customer it will be easier. Uh, the partnerships there to really be good on something. And then you can do burnout and ADHD. And then you can do burnout and ADHD and something else. But 
excel in something um, niche uh, to start uh, because it will be much easier to to find your first customers, iterate with them. So that's, uh, that goes aligns with the second thing, which is validating your idea. So startup founders, a lot of times do that. Being a solo founder or with a co-founder, they get super in, in depth with their idea because it's their baby. So they just work on their idea and think about it because they think they know better. Uh, so they don't talk with potential customers and that get that feedback loop uh, from the customers, which is really important. And the first initial customers, because you need to understand uh, who's going to buy your products or service. Um, so, so, so the other thing that I would say, the first, of course, it's narrow it down. Don't try to go too big, narrow it down to, to a core value proposition and try to excel in it. And then, of course, if you are successful, you can expand. And the second one is to validate your idea with potential customers. Initial, like that, the, the initial customers are really important. And there's always a story that I tell that I heard in a podcast of Airbnb that they, they, they usually went to, to the house owners, the first house owners in San, in San Francisco and asked for feedback. What were they doing well? What they think they, they could do better? And there was actually a client, so a house owner that had a Bible, like an Airbnb Bible with a lot of recommendations and think that because he was super into the idea and there are actually a lot of things that are in their platform now that came from that client. So a lot of times clients, your initial customers, they know what, what the product needs or, or something like that. So listen to your initial customers, iterate with them and get that feedback loop. And the last one would be um, seek for mentorship and advice. I think that's important. There are, there are a lot of good mentors out there. And if it can be a startup owner, it can be an investor, but people that gives you different perspectives um, because maybe some of them already went through the roadblocks and the pain points that you are going. Maybe some of them have a different perspective that gets you out of the tunnel vision that you are going right now. Um, and we see that a lot in our programs. And I'm not saying we as a mentors because we always call different people to be mentors. And, and that's the third thing. And having a mentor or seeking for advice, it, it, it doesn't make you weaker as a founder. It only makes you stronger. So I would focus on these three. Narrow it down, validate your business idea, and seek for advice. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. Well, I guess we call that a wrap on today's interview, but thank you for sharing all your thoughts and insights, particularly with the spectrum of things you're seeing. That's incredibly valuable to everybody. Appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you for Web Summit and next time I'm in Lisbon. That'd be fantastic. Thank you so much, Sue. Yeah, it was it it flew by this time. It was it was a pleasure to be here, and yeah, uh, I'm really excited to see you in person. Thanks for listening to the Investor Circle. We hope you learned something today. If you'd like more information or want to book a call in discussion, you can reach Stuart at linktree forward slash canopy underscore in residence or on Twitter at Vision for Twenty Twenty. Be sure to tune in next time for more valuable investor tips. And please tell a friend.